Hello and welcome to Dream Life Best Fit Role with me, Nikki Smith. I'm a psychologist and a career and business coach. I believe everybody can love their work and I help people to use their natural strengths to transform their work life and love their job. These podcast episodes shine a light on individuals who have created their dream life best fit role or business. I focus on how they've played to their natural strengths, those activities that energize and inspire them, and how they've conducted mini experiments to take the fear out of change and generate momentum. Welcome everyone to this week's episode. I am delighted to be speaking with Maria Doyle. Maria Doyle is a curriculum developer and teacher trainer and I came across her recently as she was one of my fantastic guides to developing the 7-Step Career Change online program because I learned fairly quickly that as a coach I'm not a teacher and I needed uh, Maria's zone of genius to help me to Um, persist with developing the online program she helped me to get really jazzed about it every fortnight and yeah I realized that as a coach you're not a teacher and there's a lot of talk out there in the world around developing online programs potentially leveraging your time by um, doing this Uh, creating something yourself and I thought what a perfect opportunity to bring Maria in to share her wisdom with us on this topic uh, to help you make those decisions with ease. Welcome Maria. Thanks Nikki, lovely to be here. Always a pleasure having a chat with you. Fantastic. So first up I tend to ask um, guests to tell us a bit about yourself and what you currently do and what the pathway was to get there. Right, so (laughs) I had a pretty unconventional um, career pathway. I studied languages at university. And when I finished studying languages, I really didn't know what to do because I ended up with a degree in two languages I didn't really speak well enough to be a translator or an interpreter in. And a Bachelor of Arts, when I was um, at that point in my life, was really not a pathway to anything in particular. And so I had won two scholarships in high school and in university to study the languages in country. So I was loving the language and the culture and the travel sort of side of things. And so I just thought, you know what, I'm just going to do a certificate in English language teaching and go teach for a year and, you know, have a sort of a bit of a gap year that's paid. And then I'll work out, you know, how to get a real job after that. And it sort of just never happened. I just kept going from posting to posting to posting. I ended up having 14 overseas postings. I worked in 10 different countries. I travelled through, I think it's up to 35 now, on the way in and out of these um, job postings. So I lived the life of Riley and just didn't really want to give it up. But I got bored teaching English. Um, So I came, I wanted to get out of the classroom. I fell naturally into teacher training roles because that's what I do. I make the learning environment fun and safe and motivating and engaging and and teachers naturally wanted to learn that from me. Um, So I was quickly put into teacher training positions sort of against my will but not really you know what I mean like I love doing it but it wasn't really my career pathway and I found out pretty quickly as well that there wasn't really a lot of places to go in the industry and that you were never really going to make a million bucks so um not that money's ever been my driver but yeah it was just it was stagnant I just felt like I needed to move so I did a master of education uh, hoping to get more consultancy type positions and I did I ended up working on a massive curriculum development project at Curtin University which kick-started that part of my um, career and what I found very quickly and I didn't realize is that I'm a systems nerd like I didn't realize that this was a superpower a genius that I have so when people speak to me I see things in in columns and rows 
which sounds a little bit autistic and possibly is, um, <laughs> but I have a superpower, an ability to pull information out of people's heads um, at a serious rate of knots compared to other people who do similar lines of work. And I found that out at Curtin, I, my productivity was through the roof and people were seriously questioning whether I was, <laughs> whether I had some, whether, what is this, a superpower or a disability that's like amazing? It's like, yeah, anyway. So I realised in that job um, that, yeah, there was a, a, I guess, a nexus between teacher training and curriculum development. And that is what I do now. Um, but I went on from there to get more management positions and consultancy positions. And I ended up out in the middle of the Pacific um, working on an AusAid project, which was amazing. And I threw my heart and soul into it so much so that I ended up with multiple organ failure. Now, reason for that um, was never really understood until about two years later when I found out that I was riddled with parasites that no one sort of picked up until I went to a naturopath and he did a live blood analysis and just went, oh my God, you should be like in a coma with this amount of filth in your system. Um, so, but I mean, it, yeah, it was the parasites and whatever else that was in my blood, but I was, I was run down. Like I was just working too hard and really not looking after myself properly, not, um, you know, not, not eating and exercising enough. Although I do, I was, it wasn't that bad really, but I guess all just coupled together, I ended up extremely ill and having to really reassess what my life was all about because I sort of hit the pinnacle of my career. I was in a job where most people in my position were 30 years my senior. Um, I ended up in this job because I just had this crazy mix of skills that's actually quite hard to find in one person. So a curriculum development perspective, vocational education and training, I mean, whatever, the, the, what they needed for this position was quite bizarre. So um, yeah, so that's why I had it. But then I realized that I was at the top of this ladder that I didn't really want to be on. Um, and I realized that it wouldn't matter even if, even when you are working for aid and development, which should be, you know, like, you know, the most noble of all jobs you can possibly do, um, you're still a number and you're still climbing a corporate ladder and you're still, I don't know. Uh, yeah. You're a, you know, I walked away from the project and what I put my heart and soul into creating was scrapped and a new version of it was created by the person that came after me, which, was the best for the project at the time and that's not a judgment on the project but it was a real wake-up call like wow you just put your heart and soul into this thing you pushed yourself to the point of multiple organ failure and it's gone so yeah there's a point where something inside of you dies <laughs> to give way for something else to be born and i think my will to work for a system just ceased i didn't want to be stuck in the bureaucracy teaching, going back into a classroom just didn't, you know, resonate with me anymore. Although I love teaching, I wanted something else. So someone said, you should start a business. You'd be a great consultant because you are, I was a consultant anyway. Um, and so I threw myself headlong into that. So here I am five years later in small business, sane, but only by the hair of my chinny chin chin. <laughs> yeah. So that's, is, is that, is that a description of my career pathway? I, I think of it less as a career pathway and more as a a comedy of errors really but <laughs> well I think that's a healthy healthy perspective to have um, it, it can be both can't it really yeah it can be and I think I mean I never really got into English teaching thinking it was going to be a career I sort of just fell into this amazing lifestyle where I was paid to fly to all different places in the world and, and learn languages and 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 learn about culture and live like a local and not a tourist and I just got 
I got sucked in and I got addicted to it. Um, so I had a lot of people sort of giving me a lot of, no, not, I think maybe they were just jealous to be honest, but <laughs> a lot of comments like, you know, oh, when are you going to get a real job? When are you going to settle down? What are you running away from? And I was, my, my response was always the same. It's like, I'm not running away from anything. This is my life. I'm running towards it and I'm embracing every opportunity that comes my way. So, I mean, I did get sick of living out of a suitcase. I did get sick of having to pack up and move on every couple of years um, because that's just the nature of the work, you know, and that's why I was doing it because I wanted to keep experiencing new things. But, yeah, I did, I did get to the point where I was sick of it. Um, for a little while, I came back to Australia and tried to get a real job. That was when I was working at Curtin and, you know, I had a boyfriend and, a, you know, we were living like, you know, a couple does and it was all very same, same and nine to five and it drove me nuts. I just I couldn't handle it. So I think that was, you know, going over to the islands and um, and throwing myself into a project was a really lovely change because it was getting back on the road again and, and really experiencing that that fun sort of dynamism that I'd always really experienced from my career. And I just couldn't get that from working nine to five in um, in a job in the suburbs in Australia. So I'm back now and I've got this beautiful sort of combination of both worlds where I get to live where I want to live and work how I want to work. And I've got a property in Bali and a property in Perth now. So, yeah, I live the life of Riley, living between Bali and Perth, doing what I love. So, yeah, very, very fortunate and feel very blessed to be where I am. And that's fantastic. And, you know, that's why I created this podcast. We need to model people who are doing things differently. And we also need to model people who have created the blend of things that they they love. So you've got a mixture of, you know, being in the one place and also a mixture of travel. And through a series of mini experiments or um, comedic errors, you found your path, you found your way. Yeah, absolutely. Fantastic. So uh, I'm also really want to share with everyone um let's let's talk about your strengths and um which are the ones that you focus on so i think like i was saying before with my i'm a systems person i'm a systems freak it's what i do the best i get chaotic information i quite often work with professionals who have 20 years of experience they know they can teach others what they what they know but they come to me and they just go i don't even know where to start and so i would just start at the very beginning, and I'm not going to sing for you, but, um, <laughs> you know, that's what I do. My strength is pulling information out of people. It's communicating, being able to ask the right questions and then being able to dump it into a framework so that the person can go away and do something amazing with it. Simplifying things that are really, really complex and putting things into a structure that's going to work time and time again. So that is definitely one of my strengths um, and I play to it and that's why people work with me because they can't do what I do at the speed that I do it and with the efficiency that comes with that. Absolutely. And I've experienced that myself and I do not have a systems or process brain. So I partnered up with Maria. Um, Absolutely. And if we're focusing, we're wanting to shape our work week to play to our strengths for 60 to 80% of our week. And you've probably heard me say this before. When we do this, we tap into this upper echelon of productivity, resilience, creativity and happiness. So on the flip side to do that, we need to also be aware of what drains us, what might be our weaknesses and identify what we can do about them. So ideally, we either mitigate them or eliminate them. Can you think of one example of where you've um, connected You've either given someone, um, you know, a task to do that's a weakness of yours or you've eliminated something from your business that you're no good at. Oh, God, where do I start? Um, (laughs) I think running a small business is the biggest personal development journey you can go on and you learn so much about 
who you are, what you're good at, what you're not good at. I mean, I remember at the start of my small business, I was very much concerned about budget and how much money I was spending to get the business running. And so I was really frugal. Like I just, I wanted to do everything myself, learn how to do everything myself. And I ran just, I again, was running myself into the ground, trying to do all the things that other people have spent years getting really good at. I mean, I tried to do my first logo by myself, um, basic graphic design. I mean, my goodness, you should see the progression of my website. Like the first, oh my God, so embarrassing. Because just a lot of it, I wanted to be able to do myself. I wanted to be able to say, you know, I've done that, it's all mine. So yeah, a lot of things I outsource now, like a lot. So all my graphic design, um, all of my, I, I have, I, I love writing and I'm very good at writing in terms of volume. Um, I definitely, I did hand over to a copywriter at one point to help just get through the backlog of editing that I needed to do. So that was because, you know, the details going back over and making things better is not a, a great forte of mine. So I often get people to pick up the bulk of what I've done and then finish it off and perfect it, like make it make it as clear as it can be because I'm sort of one of these people that likes to start things. I mean, I, I do finish things, but it's good sometimes to have the help of an editor or someone who can deal with the finer details to really bring it up to speed. I definitely outsource my bookkeeping um, to a point. So there's a lot of it that I do myself, but only because it would take them 10 times longer than it would take me to do. Um, in terms of gathering receipts and finding, you know, finding, categorising and showing them what, what the things are for and whatever. But I've definitely outsourced bookkeeping. Um, oh, God, where does the list end? I've got a whole list I of things. I think that's enough. Ex- that's fantastic. That's lots of examples. So you've heard, yep, graphic design, um, I think some website development, some bookkeeping, some editing. That's a great list. Yeah, and that's just the start. <laughs> <laughs> because I love spending time doing what I'm best at, which is, the consulting that I do and the writing that I do and the and the authoring that I do. So I focus on doing those things and then the rest of the rest of the time can be given, you know, I prefer to make the money doing what I love and then give it to someone else to do the stuff that I don't, hands down. Absolutely. And I think you've mastered that. Whereas a lot of people I speak to, this is quite a new concept to them. So it's really helpful to, you know, cover it off in that way. Next up, Maria, I'd love you to share um, your top three hints or more <laughs> that you want to share with everyone about um what people need to know when they're taking their first steps to potentially sharing some knowledge, you know, that they have, whether it's teaching, you know, in person or creating an online program. Awesome. Yeah, I have about 754 different tips I could give you on this. I've actually got a library of resources dedicated to it. But um, (laughs) trying to isolate the top three, I would definitely say that there is a lot of hype. There's a lot of Facebook advertising around, you know, follow my 12 steps and you'll be making a passive income from your knowledge online in five minutes and you will be sipping a pina colada on a beach in Thailand while you work from your laptop. Um, My only piece of advice there, and not to sound jaded, it's just being very pragmatic and realistic, a passive income when it comes to online products um, is not as easy as it sounds. There is a passive income would connotate that you've done nothing to get this money coming in. And there are definitely forms of passive income once they are um, set up in the world, like, you know, property and all sorts of shares and assets and all that sort of stuff. But in terms of earning a passive income from an online course, you do have to create it, develop it, review it, facilitate it, put it up there, get it online. There is a lot, there are many stages to the process and it's 
it does take a considerable amount of time, effort and money to get that content online. So yes, once it's up, yes, you can sell it again and again and again, and it's a great way to leverage your time. Um, but I, I talk to a lot of people who come into it quite blind and think that it's going to be a relatively quick and easy process. And again, depends on the size of the program that you're hoping to achieve. But yeah, the, the sort of fallacy around creating a passive income from an online product like a course um, is yeah, is fraught. So just look into that a little bit more deeply before sort of getting carried away with the hype. There's definitely ways to create recurring income streams from online products um, that you can harness from your expertise, from your knowledge, from your IP. Um, so yeah, it's not impossible and a lot of people do it very successfully. But if you are going to do it, just make sure that you're choosing products that are suited to you and your strengths. And I know I learned a lot about this from Nikki when um, when I was doing the work with her. And I've got Nikki's actually a guest interview in my library based on that. So if you're going to create products and services, first and foremost, you should make sure that they're based on your strengths. And secondly, then appeal to your market. Um, a lot of people create things they think, oh yeah, this would be a great passive income stream. I'll, I'll, I'll create an online course. And then they realise that they they really don't want to be writing the content, they really don't want to be facilitating it online, they really don't want to be um, building a tribe of 100,000 or getting a list of 100,000 people so that when they actually do sell it to the 1%, they can make the money that they were hoping to make. You know, it's, it's a lot bigger process than just going, I've got this thing, it will sell. You know, you need to have a hungry, ready market that wants to buy it and that knows, likes and trusts you and that does take time. So I think that in itself is sort of three tips. <laughs> I think it's just the reality behind making an income from an online product. There's a lot more to it than just creating something and putting it up and it's selling. There's a lot more behind the scenes. Um, but yeah, most importantly, choosing something that you want to deliver. And I found that out the hard way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think they're fantastic tips and it's definitely, yeah, I really, I don't use the term passive income anymore. I prefer the term leveraged income model uh, and that's because really you will put in some effort to generate any of that income, even if it is recurring, um, exactly like Maria said. And what I love is, you know, I think in a way to develop a quality program or product does take some effort, but again, that kind of tests how passionate or interested you are in doing it. And I think that's that's kind of cool because if people are going to be putting out products or learning um, programs, we want them to be passionate about it. We want them to, you know, make it as good as possible. And so it's a good litmus test actually to, as to whether you should do it or not. Oh, absolutely. And I think, look, the thing is, if I had my time again, I mean, I'm very happy that I now have my library of resources online because now it's a, it's a product and I can use it to my advantage and use it to leverage the 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 services that I provide outside of it. And I can also create a flipped learning environment for my clients. So I can say, look, go and do the work and then come and let's workshop it instead of the old way of learning, which is come listen to me speak, then go away and do some homework and you're on your own. So it's a lot more efficient way to learn. And if you're in a position where you want to teach people what you do, the online environment is an amazing platform for you to do that really, really effectively. So much more efficient. I mean, my library resources now, when I work with people one-on-one, -on -one, I say, great, you're working with me one-on-one. -on -one. Please go and do these three things before you come to the workshop. Do the work, spend the time going through the thinking behind it so you're not on the spot having to make decisions and then rushing through a really important part of the process. So online learning is phenomenal and I'm certainly not bagging it as a learning medium. 
Um, but you just have to make sure that the products that you're creating are right for you and they're based on what you like to deliver. So, you know, my strengths is systemizing and structuring. It's not delivering online courses to groups of 50 people and becoming like a social media magnet and becoming, you know, the next Gary Vaynerchuk or whatever his name is, um, you know, or the next, you know, Marie Forleo and being like a celebrity and being in everyone's inboxes. It's just not my gaffe. It's not what I like to do. I like to work with people one-on-one or in very small group situations like in organisations and helping them pull their content out of their hard drives or, you know, off their bookshelves and, and work out what to do with it so it can really help their clients as much as possible. So, yeah, all about working with your strengths. And which is perfect because, again, once you investigate things, there are more common models than others. And what I love hearing about what Maria is saying is even when it comes to online learning, even when it comes to her um, consulting work, you can choose. You can choose. And the great news is I, if this podcast episode is bringing up more questions and answering them, don't worry, we've got you covered. Um, in a moment, we'll be sharing how you can um, access Maria's library, which actually takes you from, you know, from concept, from those early questions all the way through. So Maria, another theme of this podcast is about how many experiments create clarity and momentum in your work life. You know, and we've heard already a number of mini experiments along your career pathway, but would you like to add to that? Would you like to add any more recent mini experiments? Yeah, sure. I, th- I think this is really important for anyone who's thinking about going out on their own or, you know, career changing and going into more of a coaching or a consulting um, position. When I first went into coaching and consulting, I sort of got swept along with um, needing to create every different online product available. You know, first it was an e-course, then it was a 12-day challenge, then it was an opt-in, then it was a book, then it was a series of articles, you know, and I literally threw myself in to doing all of them. And then I thought, right, well, now the the new thing is online mastermind groups and, you know, a a six-month coaching mastermind with, you know, small groups of people and, you know, $1,000 a head or whatever it was. And so I just started to almost panic a little bit about, having so many different products and services on offer at once. And so I surveyed all my people and said, all my clients, I think to that date I'd have about 80, 70 to 80 clients. And I said, what, what, if you, if we were to have our time again, rank these services in order of, you know, of what you'd want from me. And 95% of them said the same thing. And that was that they didn't want any of them. They just wanted to work with me one-on-one. And I sort of, it was the biggest relief. I just thought, wow, that means I can sort of scrap all this nonsense that was really draining me. And I sort of, there was a lot of fear in that because I was like, wow, like I've spent so long creating all this stuff. Do you really mean to say that I can get rid of all of it? And it sort of freaked me out a little bit. And I thought, you know what, I'm just going to see how this goes. I'm just going to try this for three months and see whether just doing the coaching, just doing the one-on-one work works for me. And did it ever. So with glee, I slowly just got rid of my Facebook group, got rid of the challenge, got rid of all these things that were sucking my energy. And yeah, my business is now flying because I'm focusing on the one thing that I do really well. And that is working one-on-one with individuals or with, or with organizations to suck their knowledge out of their head. Um, so yeah, again, focusing on my strengths, focusing on what I'm best at. And that funnily enough was exactly what people wanted from me. It's, it's incredible, isn't it? And I love how with that three months, you gave yourself permission to test it out. So while you were feeling that nervousness around letting go of stuff, you got to test it out. You didn't have to make a black or white decision. No, totally. And, and the same thing happened with um, when I was working with Nikki on her, on her course, these, um, these mini experiments of, of getting some more exercise into my life because I've got some pretty chronic um, joint issues and, and my knees are a big problem. And so I've had to give up a lot of the sport that I love 
and that has always been part of my life. But I just decided that I was going to get walking back into my life and that I didn't have to, you know, become this arduous exercise regime, but that um, I just, 21 days, I was going to commit to going for a walk every morning at seven o'clock. Just wake up and go and see how you feel. And I had no idea the sort of um, knock-on effects that was going to have for my mental health, for, for my business, for the stability in my day, for getting things done. It was just amazing. And I think because there was no pressure to make it permanent, it was just, well, just try it for 21 days and see how it goes. Seven o'clock every morning, get up, rain, rain, hail or shine, go, you know, pound the pavement, see how it feels, listen to a podcast, listen to the music, do something, sing, you know, whatever, make it enjoyable. Um, so I did that and I walked to the top of this amazing hill. I get these beautiful views all over Perth and that in itself is like a meditation. So yeah, after the 21 days, I was like, oh my God, as if I'm not going to continue this. And I did fall off the wagon for a little while. I had a few personal, um, life sort of things just happened. My whole life turned upside down and I fell off the wagon. Um, and I've, and I've only just sort of remembered in the last couple of months to pick up that practice again. And again, just cannot believe how much of a difference it's made to everything, to clarity, to business, to everything. So yeah, I'm a massive fan of mini experiments. I think there's a lot of power in knowing that it doesn't have to be permanent. You're just going to give it a go and see how you go. And we thought you can, and you can back out if you hate it after 21 days. I love it. I just love that idea. It's um, yeah, you just give your body a chance to get used to it before your mind decides whether it likes it or not, instead of sort of forcing your body and mind to do it, which is really hard. And I remember speaking with you, Maria, and I think I remember speaking to you at that time, and I think you had six, you know, like a lot of us, you wanted to change four or five or six things in your life all at once. And I, I shared the, that latest beautiful golden tip from neuroscience, which our brain can only cement one new habit a month. So for really, for Pete's sake, everyone, can you take the pressure off and just pick one new habit a month? You can pop over to my website. There's a guilt-free living planner which steps you through it all. And that worked really well for Maria. So not only using it as a mini experiment, but also just picking one thing. Because what I love is there is a ripple effect. You know, we can feel like it's a bit pathetic to just choose one, but actually it has a ripple effect usually into multiple areas of our life. So I love that story. So as uh, we're wrapping up, I'd love to set a challenge for everyone listening in. And I already know what this is and I'm very excited. So Maria, go ahead. Alrighty then. Well, if you are in your job or in your career at the moment and you're thinking, yeah, you know what, maybe I could go out as a coach or a consultant. Maybe I could use my expertise, use the skills and the knowledge that I've got and teach other people or help other people learn what I know. Um, then I have a content creation checklist um, on my website. So you can download that for free. Um, and basically it takes you through 36 different things you need to be thinking about before you start. So if you're ticking, no, I don't know how to do this. No, I don't know how to do this either. To a lot of them, I've got loads of free resources that can help you. Um, so your answers will all be there. So yeah, there's your challenge. Download the checklist, see how many of these things you already know how to do and decide whether it's maybe something that you can uh, move forward with. Lots of articles on my website that will talk you through the basics behind everything. You don't need to actually go into the library per se and purchase courses. There's a lot there that will help you without ever having to spend a cent. So, yeah, go to www.createrealchange.com. Um, go to the basics level of the library, which is business basics for selling your expertise. Go to the welcome gifts, which is the first course, and download add to cart, sign up for an account, um, which is free, and then get stuck into those welcome gifts, which, the first of which is the content creation checklist. 
Uh, that is brilliant. Can you repeat your website one more time, please? Certainly can. CreateRealChange.com. Simple as that. Fantastic, Maria. Thanks so much for chatting today. I really enjoyed it. Awesome. Thanks for having me, Nikki. Thanks for listening. Two things I'd like to mention. Firstly, if you're keen to boost your happiness at work, then head on over to www.nikkismith.net.au, which is n-i-k-k-i-s-m-i-t-h.net.au, and sign up for your starter kit. I share tips in there that are easy to implement and are pure gold. Secondly, if you crave a new work role and have no idea what to do, or lots of ideas but don't know where to start, then head on over and check out the 7-Step Career Change online program. This is an awesome system I use to help people create their dream life best fit role, which is a role that matches their strengths, interests and lifestyle needs. It will move you from feeling fed up, unsure and unconfident to clear, inspired and motivated in six weeks. Plus, if you want to hear more stories like this one, please subscribe and spread the word. Till next time.